0: If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you gotta support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American giantcom dot com slash Mike. Welcome to Three Yards per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
1: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Ortega. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is dealing with a personal matter. This show is brought to you by PriceBix. Use promo code 5, F-I-V-E. You deposit $100, you get $100 back, one-time rollover, which means it's essentially a free $100 if you deposit. So go use it. Promo code F-I-V-E, 5. And, of course, they brought to you by, we're brought to you by betteredge.com. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons and you get $25 just for signing up. Well, Simon, uh, Dolphins did something. I don't know if you're aware of what they did uh, yesterday, but, uh, some so people are having a little fun at, at, at our expense. Actually uh, oh, uh, at
2: my expense, frankly, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, National Fall on Your Sword Day, and I'm quite happy to do that given the situation. Look, I never thought this would happen, uh, and I mean the compensation. Historically, you look at compensation like the 77th overall pick and Hunter Long, and you think that's what we get in return for giving up our star player. Uh, and the reality is, we absolutely fleece the Rams. I mean, you know, there is a there is an element that David Mulligetta, the 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 agent for for Ramsay certainly was able to work the deal because ultimately Miami is where Jalen wanted to go and the Rams needed that, you know, all that money off their books because they're clearly loading up for Caleb Williams um, uh, in the draft next year. Mm -hmm. It's a great deal for the Dolphins and, uh, you know, you've got, you know, two number one receivers and two number one corners and, you know, Lord have mercy. This is a it's a great deal for the Dolphins. And you throw that into that Fangio defense for a guy that in Ramsey, who wants to play all over, you know, he wants to play a little bit of linebacker in certain situations. He wants to play a bit of safety. He'll play corner. He'll play slot. And for Vic Fangio to be able to have that movable piece like Ramsey is, you know, we, here we were last week talking about, Oh, well, you know, Sean Murphy bunting and Jamel Dean, and can we afford that? And this, that, and the other. And, you know, now we get the best corner in the, in the NFL, (laughs) which is what Ramsey has been over the last three, four, five years. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's mind blowing, and I, you know, I I went on a bit of a rant a few weeks ago and called it Madden, and I probably called people some virgins and all sorts of stuff, and yeah, I saw. <laughs> but look, I'm happy to fall on it because the Dolphins have just secured a, a great player. And I had some people come at me on Twitter and you know give me that sort of Chris Greer. Now, you know, what do you think of Greer? Now, you dick, <laughs> you're a douchebag. And and look, I, I stand where I stand on Chris Greer. He he does a great job of trading. You can't you can't argue the fact. He's done a brilliant job in bringing over Tyreek Hill and bringing over Jalen Ramsey, two of the premier players in the NFL, unquestionably two of the best players in the NFL. You know, two players that will make an all-decade team. That that's I think that goes without saying. It doesn't uh, dissolve Greer of of issues when it comes to the draft. Last year was an absolute mulligan. The year before, he absolutely did hit on on um, Javon Holland, but I could have told you that Javon Holland was you know an elite. Player hit on Jalen Phillips, absolutely fine. Hit on Jalen Waddle again, you know, not hard to hit on Jalen Waddle, but then he absolutely whiffed on Liam Eichenberg. He whiffed on Hunter Long, although we should be building a Hunter Long statue to go next to the the Laramie Council <laughs> statue. Um, and then obviously the year before 2020, you know, we don't need to talk about 2020, but Noah Egg whiff Austin Jackson whiff, uh, and uh, as good as two have played last year, there are still questions about the thing that were questions about coming out, which is health. Um, but look, uh, this is the bottom line on this trade, okay. The Dolphins have absolutely positioned themselves not just to be the bullies in the AFC East, but this is now a firmly open, wide open Super Bowl window, and they're doing it with veteran players because, for the second year running, that I think Peter King said it this morning in his column, the second year running, the Dolphins will have only two picks in the first 196 picks of the draft. it's you know it's classic less need, it's fuck them picks, it's you know, and they're doing it with veteran players, but you know this window is now officially wide open for the dolphins to you know to walk through it and with some sensible free agents pickups uh with good use of the the, the two remaining uh, second day draft picks that you know has to they have to have impact players now in the draft and for, for, to my mind i it feels like running back has to be one of them um you know because you 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 all almost always get impact from a from a, a, an early round running back okay um now, it may be that they look at someone like Miles Sanders. There's been rumours about Sanders and those sorts of things. But if they're not bringing their running back in free agency, they cannot afford to miss like they did last year with Channing Tindall, who barely played, and Azuka who barely played. They've got to get contributors. Um, but yeah, free agency is now going to be exciting. What's going to happen? You know, how much money is the left? Who are they going to target? Are we looking at, you know, are we going to make another splash in the secondary with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson Is Jordan Poyer? Is he going to join with, you know, I think he's probably going to have to the Raiders. But what what's interesting about this to me, Alf, is that, Mm. you know, the offense, which was one of the best in the league, with two outstanding receivers, a quarterback that led the league in, in passer rating and was generally fantastic throughout the year. This is now the, the the offense is now almost going to have to keep up with the defense. You know, mm-hmm. this offense pieces it needs a left guard, it needs a right tackle, it needs a tight end, and then if Trent Sherfield leaves, it absolutely needs a, a number three re- receiver and it needs running back depth. So all of a sudden, you're looking at the offense thinking, whoa, now you know, free agency is going to have to target some some, and the draft's going to have to target some players on offense. Um, you know, so we'll see how it plays out, but it's exciting times to be a Miami Dolphin fan, and I can't think, you know, apart from that year, remember when we loaded up with Keith Jackson and Geno Atkins and. You know, 25, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of another time where I've been more optimistic about this team. And if the quarterback stays healthy, I mean, this team could go. I mean, this team could go all the way. Yeah, but keeping the quarterback healthy has got to be a massive consideration now. Not, you know, it, that's not seems like an obvious thing to say, but now especially because it feels like this is a kind of a two-year deal on Ramsey, two-year deal on Howard. You know, they'll be 31 mm-hmm. at the end of you know, that guaranteed money. In two years, you can get out on on um, on Howard's contract in a year's time. You can get out on Armstead and Ogba. So, you know, it's uh, Chris Greer has done a great job of positioning Miami. Now they've got to get it over the line, but they've got to do it with some really good, shrewd signings over the next few days or the next couple of weeks because I think they'll let the market come to them a little bit.
1: Yeah, this is a name that we haven't mentioned on the podcast, I don't think, ever. But I think we have to we have to start talking about this guy as an important piece of the puzzle for this franchise, and that's Brandon Shore. Yeah, hundred percent. He is so good at what he does. And down here in Miami, we all know about Andy Ellisberg. You know, you understand, you know who Andy Ellisberg is, right?
2: Uh he's the cap guy for the Heat.
1: Yes, and uh, you see all the memes online about you know Andy Ellisberg. Don't worry about it; he'll figure it out. That's how the the, the Heat got a fifty million dollar a year player in Jimmy Butler with no cap space. Somehow. (laughs) Okay. They figured out a way to get him onto the roster. Brandon shore has positioned his team perfectly. And everybody's saying, oh, you know, look at the Rams. They're paying for it. Well, they're paying for it because they're not, their guy is not as good as Brandon shore. Okay. If you look at the team, he's positioning the team as, okay, we're loading up now and this is going to be the roster for two years. And in two years, we're going to have, you know, the cupboard is kind of be, is going to be bare, but it's not going to be bare with a, bunch of dead cap no they're gonna have a ton of cap space to probably redo the team in two years because we kind of know what's happening in two years which is probably uh hopefully a large extension for Tua Baaloa. so this is good work by Brandon Shore and, and Chris Greer and uh, I found it hilarious really how all these people went out uh you know some analysts like Chris Sims oh you know but Jalen Rams is not that good anymore Uh, Or Pete Prisco saying, oh, you know, he's fading. Uh, And then, of course, what I did is that I looked up his numbers, his advanced numbers. Yeah, and sure enough, they were elite last year. I know we don't care too much about PFF. They had him ranked as the third-best cornerback in football last year. What I care about is passer rating against, yards given up, uh, completion percentage against, things like that. Jalen Ramsey is a complete player. He's an elite player. Just six months ago. He was voted the ninth best player in the NFL by his peers and coaches. He's a willing tackler and versatility. He gets to play. He could play everywhere. He could play in the nickel. He could play outside. He could play free safety. He could play a box safety because he only has a 3.3% missed tackle rate. And if you watched him last year, he's a willing tackler. Not only is he a willing tackler, like he'll come up and run support. He'll be one of your better players in that regard. I think it's a home run trade. It's You can't get any better. It's so good that I thought that the best tweet yesterday was the guy that tried to do the trade on Madden and it was rejected immediately. Did you see that one? (laughs) No. Yeah, I posted it on OnlyFans, by the way. That's $3 a month. Um, I posted yeah, somebody tried to do the trade and it was a 0% chance of of happening. (laughs) The Rams rejected the trade, so... Chris Grew beat Madden uh, on this one. All right. So how are they going to use him? And what does this mean for pending free agent? Nick Needham. It, does he Is he now expendable? He is coming off an Achilles, and that is a serious injury. Uh, by the way, Brandon Jones, uh, even more great news. Uh, he was seeing training this weekend, and it looks like he'll be ready for camp. And that's, uh, that's not one of those, oh, you know, Byron Jones is going to be ready for camp things. No, no, that's... Like, that's happened. Brandon Jones will be ready for camp. But the question stands, uh, Simon, what does this mean for Nick Needham? I guess he's going to play elsewhere, or is he still worth bringing back?
2: I think he's absolutely worth bringing back. I I think there's no compensatory um, reward for getting rid of Needham. He was an undrafted free agent, so you're not getting anything back on that front. I, I, I know for a fact the Dolphins would like him to return. Uh, the question is obviously whether another team would be willing to offer more to a player coming off a, a ruptured Achilles. And and that's the bottom line. I think Needham is position versus, versatile. You can play inside out. I think you're going to be losing some players like Justin Bethel. So, you know, you're going to need core special teams players. Nick Needham is a core special teams player. Um, so I think that's very important. You know, and if one of those look, Xavier, people when you're 30 years old as a cornerback and you've had injury issues, you're not all of a sudden they're not going to go away. They're only going to get worse. That's just the human body. Um, so you know i I think you need reliable backups um and Nick Needham has always been that. he's played well inside he's played well outside uh, just to your point on Jalen Ramsey last season it's an uh, it's an unequivocal fact that Ramsey didn't have as good a season last year as he has done before. It's also an unequivocal fact that when that team is falling off a cliff as it was, his level of play went down with everybody else's level of play. It's understandable that when a season you know it's always difficult coming off a Super Bowl, even more difficult when you're only winning two or three games. Your star quarterback is out. Your star wide receiver is out. The, your all-world defensive tackle is out. You know, standards drop, unfortunately. That's just a, that's just sport. It happens not just in the NFL, but it happens, you know, in, in football, in tennis, in whatever. Standards drop because, you know, injuries and those sorts of things happen, especially in team sports. So I, I think it's an undeniable fact that he didn't play as well last year. It's also an undeniable fact that he's still an elite corner and the best cornerback in the NFL, and he, as he has been over the past few years. So but yeah i think Needham should come back i think he will come back um I, I my sense is that the dolphins are going to wait for a couple of days and see where the market lies on some of their core returning free agents i'd love to see Trent Sherfield get brought back immediately but I just, I just get the sense that maybe that isn't going to happen um and sherfield had some sort of cryptic tweet this morning or last late last night which kind of made you feel like hmm, you know i mean this is a valuable guy who could block it could be a good solid number three core special teamer for somebody? You know that there is a value in those kind of players. Raheem Mostert is another one. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see Mostert go elsewhere, which obviously then throws the, the ladle over what I talked about and bringing in a, you know, a, a running back with that with that fifty first pick, whether that's Jamar Gibbs, whether that's uh, uh, Zach Charbonnet. Um, one of those players. Uh, I know the Dolphins like Juice Vaughn. That to me is much too early for Vaughn, given his size and stuff. But he certainly fits with that sort of speed. We'll process.
1: talk about it in the second half of the show. But I think the uh, I think Raheem Mostert's a lock. <laughs> I
2: <laughs> hope so. I hope so. I mean, I think Mostert and Wilson should come back, and I think they should draft it back as well. But
1: if not, he's had a, a really bad month because he's uh, he's working out with uh, with, with um Valoa's trainer and working out with Tuatonga Valoa and bought a house down here. <laughs> So, yeah. so, like, he's acting as if he's going to stay here. So, I'm I'm thinking he got some type of reassurance from Mike McDaniel. And we're not talking about a, a $10 million a year player either. Here,
2: you know? I don't feel like there's another splash coming. I, I Do you know what I mean? Like, a, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think the Dolphins are going to be... I mean, maybe I'm going to be wrong, because fuck knows I've been wrong enough on this, but... I can't see them being massive because, you know, that that's, that's 20 million plus guaranteed of that money that they f- freed up has got to go to Jalen Ramsey. So I can't necessarily see, I'm going to sneeze, I can't necessarily see there's going to be a massive splash. You know, people talking about Derek Henry or, you know, I know he's not a free agent at the moment, but, you know, that's not going to happen. But, you know, I I I, I think they've just got to pick wisely because there's too many holes just to waste a lot of, Capital on, you know, a Miles Sanders or a, you know, a whoever they got to.
1: Yeah, they can make a mild splash because
2: the splash, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The way that they reworked the the deal for for Ramsey, uh, it actually freed up a little space. So they're gonna have like about twenty five million dollars to play with, and then they're gonna free up thirteen. So you got to figure that the the thirteen that they're freeing up on June first is their rollover and what they're gonna need to pay their draft picks. Yes, so. You know, uh yeah, Baron Jones cut, that's for the future. And right now they have about twenty five million to play with, and you gotta think they're gonna roll some of it over, you know. And look,
2: realistically, they've got four draft picks, but realistically, only two of them are, are really viable in terms of yes. people to be in play for year for, for this year, right? Mm-hmm. You need to fill holes at backup quarterback, which is not gonna be cheap, left guard, although they might flub it with Eichenberg, right tackle, although they might flub it with Jackson. Okay, but they need to bring at least one offensive lineman, um, backup quarterback, at least one running back, potentially at least one wide receiver if if uh, Sherfield leaves, at least one tight end. Uh, they probably need one interior defensive lineman unless they bring John Jenkins back. They need at least one linebacker and they probably need at least one safety. So that's eight different holes to fill with only $25 million plus two, two viable draft picks if you go and splash out you know as much as i'd love to splash for Chauncey gardner johnson who looks like he's going back to philadelphia as much as some people would like to splash for jordan poyer as much as some people would like to splash for joan taylor and joan taylor's probably going to cost you 16 17 18 million dollars a mm-hmm. year that's a big chunk of your 25 million that's gone that you can't spend on a tight end or a back or a backup tight end uh, backup quarterback or you know, I I just can't see a, a big splash coming. I, I just I'm
1: kind of liking uh, K- Chris's uh, Camp Fleming idea. Like, you know, yeah. it makes a lot of sense now, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the, uh, the biggest splash could end up being like the tight end, Moreau, if they bring Moreau in. Mm. Uh, I, but uh, to me, they've got to sort, they've got to solve right tackle. You uh, you can't sit in the draft and and think that you know, is Darnell Wright going to get to 51? I think it's unlikely. You know, is Cody Mack going to be the guy? Well, you know, Mack's not really, you know, he's not really a right tackle. He's played left tackle. You probably want to kick him inside to guard. Steve Avila of TCU is day one starter at left guard. That's fine, but that doesn't solve right tackle. Um, You know, there's Matthew Bergeron, Jalen Duncan, you know, Bergeron at Syracuse, Duncan at Maryland, you know, good players, but both left tackles, you know, and it's a difficult translation from, from left to right. And then you look at something like, you know, What's a conversation with Taylor Luan? What's a, you know? Th- there are free agent guys out there, but you need to be sure and settled because you need to protect the quarterback. You know, you can't have issues that we had last year. And and, and the flip the, the flip to the flip side is, Toron Armstead again didn't get through healthy a, another year. We can't find ourselves in a situation where you know we are like you look at someone like Josh Nyeiman uh, of of Green Bay who would be perfect to play right tackle and then yeah. kick left tackle as he performed admirably there at left tackle for much of the season in 2020-21 when uh, Bakhtiari tore his ACL and then Elton Jenkins tore his Achilles and Nyman played seven, eight, nine, ten games at left tackle and was absolutely outstanding um, but you, you know he's probably going to get a second round tender or he's got a second round tender you know are, are you going to give up the 51st pick for Yoshna I, I don't know maybe they will but um, you know you leave yourself with one draft pick in the first two days which is you know. I mean, fuck them picks, but it's <laughs> it is.
1: Easy yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too keen on leaving ourselves with less top 100 picks. Yeah, you, you know
2: how I am. I agree. I, I, mean, I don't I'm, mind.
1: I don't mind if they trade every first round pick from now into eternity. But if you if you're gonna load up on second round and third round picks, I like those top those top 100 picks because I feel like I'm kind of in control. You know, because I have my choice of prospect. Because once yeah, you get to the sixth or seventh round, you really, you know, you just at the bones about, at that point,
2: you know. Yeah, the frustrating thing about all this, of course, is the um, is the the nonsense with Tom Brady, which really cost us the first round pick. That yes, that's the thing of, all, of all this, you know, because yeah,
1: think- if not Chris Greer would have been out there probably getting Lane Johnson or something. Or
2: something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know. All right, we're gonna go to break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about those pending free agents and what are the Dolphins gonna do here in these two days? My favorite time of the year. It's like it's like Christmas. Happy free agency, everybody. See you after the break. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael Robert and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- 579 0356, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. And we're back. All right, Simon. It's my favorite time of the year. The tampering period right before free agency, because the Dolphins every year are rumored to be signing with everybody or signing everybody. Um, they have work to do, okay? You look at this roster. They still need a backup quarterback, but we're going to start here, okay? They're pending free agents. Uh, I've gained optimism. In fact, I have some information. I've been told that there's increased optimism that Melvin Ingram will be back in the fold. Raheem Mostert, for all intents and purposes, he's like, you know, he's already on the team because – you don't have you don't do all the things that he's actually doing right now without some assurance from Mike McDaniel, like or a wink and a nod, like hey, yeah, we got you for next season. And let's face it, he's not going to be expensive, so you know that's like a no brainer signing. Uh, one guy that I am fearful of losing is Trent Sherfield, and yes, he did have that cryptic tweet, but I'm thinking he he might he might have built up enough goodwill with the the league last year, put enough good tape up there. That he might have a market, and if he has a market, yeah, the Dolphins just can't compete. Uh, you you tend to agree with that, right?
2: Yeah, I mean to me, he's he is the most important free agent on this team. I mean, he talked in that Ty Dunn article about how much he absolutely wants to stay. Um, talked about the authenticity of the head coach uh, and playing with Tua. Um, he he talks about how the Super Bowl window is open and and that you know there's a really good job of, has been done of flipping the organization. Upside down, I think, um, you know, I, I think he's hugely important to come back. I just get a sense that there's going to be a market for him. Um, you know, he's a, he's just a really good, solid, important player um, who does so many other things. He does all the little things really well. And that's why, you know, that's why I'd... I mean, he took 658 snaps last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is...
1: Chris Chris posted an article, which I thought was instructive of, you know, the change in culture around here, um, where Trent Sherfield was brought in and Mike McDaniel said, look, I promise you, there's no politics here. If you're better than the rest of the guys, you'll play. Like, if you're better than Cedric Wilson and Eric Azucama, you'll play. We don't care that Eric Azucama was the fourth-round pick and that Cedric Wilson is getting $7 million a year and was a priority-free agent. Like, we don't care. If you're better than them, you'll play. And guess what? They were true to their word. He got the snaps, you know,
2: but But he's expensive. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. You know, if he has a market, like if, if he's going to get a deal like Cedric Wilson, you know, first of all, you know, why, why stand in the way of something like that? You know, he's never made any money in this league. So, you know, you want to get some security. So it's obvious that he's not going to give us any hometown discount, but you signed Cedric Wilson last year. Would you actively go out to try to replace him, or just look at just trust on trust with what you have already you paid cedric wilson to be your third guy and you drafted Eric Azukama. like just call it a day and say well you know we lost one guy you know i, I guess we, we'll replace it you know we'll replace the bottom of the wide receiver core but we don't need to go out there actively to to replace him you agree with that right
2: yeah well i, I think that look I really like Cedric Wilson and lots of people are trying to trade him or cut him or whatever. I think you just don't get really good players. He had a broken ribs and anybody that's ever had a rib injury, like even damaged the rib cartilage, let alone had a break, knows how difficult it is just to operate on a daily basis, to move off your sofa, to um, get out of bed, to turn over in the middle of the night. That is a very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, to believe that you could uh, line up run routes, get hit in the stomach, get tackled, get knocked to the ground, get pushed, punched, have somebody throw a ball 55 miles an hour into into those ribs. Um, That, you know, there is a big reason why, why Cedric Wilson didn't play as well as we'd hoped last year. I think you saw it down the stretch, especially in the playoff game where he was making big catches. He had the great punt return. Um, That's the Cedric Wilson that I knew from Dallas. uh, And I hope that'll be the Cedric Wilson that we see uh, next season and if Sherfield does go I think that, that that Wilson obviously picks up that slack the question for me is azukama in that you know what did he do last season you know he did absolutely nothing he barely got on the field he was inactive for most of the most of the, the season um you know it was clear that the the undrafted free agent kid Sanders from Old Miss yeah was- they like
1: him they, they obviously uh, like him when they he they actually activated him before Ezukama last year
2: yeah, well, they activated Freddie Swain as well before Ezukama as well last year, mm. which tells you everything you need to know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every, they kept saying about, how oh, he's learning all the different positions, but the realistic notion is, though, the realistic fact is that, you know, that Texas Tech offense, he'd never been in a huddle before. They were getting all their plays from the from the sideline, you know, a, a, and it was a very, very, um, a very stripped down route tree that he was running. And that, that you know, I think that underlines the sort of thing we talk about in terms of, you know, what people do in preseason as opposed to what they actually do in the regular season. And in preseason, you thought this kid's going to be a monster and then he didn't have a catch. He barely played. And now the question is, can he step up and be, you know, someone like Trent Shurfield? You know, you have to significantly question that. So, you know, is receiver another area that the Dolphins have to look at in terms of do they have to go to the well and find a, a number three? The other issue for me, Alf, and we've talked about it a lot, but the other issue for me is Mike McDaniel has to solve the targets issue. They have to solve the targets issue and and whether that's tight end, whether that's using the backs more, but just throwing to more receivers. The offense becomes more diverse if you're throwing to different people. You know, if you're targeting Tyreek Hill 15 times a game, as good as he is, that's just, you know, other guys are are running wide open in that offense. And we either miss them or we were so laser focused on the, the top two guys. And I think that certainly is an issue that Mike McDaniel will have to solve.
1: This is one stat, and I looked it up last week. And, in fact, I still have it written down uh, here on my notes. Do you have any idea what is the finish, the average finish, okay? And this is just from, you know, the Super Bowl champions, number one, the Super Bowl losers, number two, and then the highest rated, you know, conference championship team is number three, okay? What is the average finish of teams that have a backfield, a one-two backfield that combines for 2,000 or more total yards from scrimmage and this is a stat going back to 1985 what do you think the average finish is Simon oh idea. 3.4 wow so that tells you all you need to know if your backs are productive catching the ball and of course if they run the ball well uh you win games it's as simple as that and it's you know and it's of course it just finished happening with the with the Eagles this year so, so they're the latest example although they lost uh, the best example I think that translates directly to Miami was that Atlanta Falcons team with uh, Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. Remember, remember that? Remember them? Sure. That, I think, is what they want to emulate. So uh, you know, i I think we both agree, like, man, you know, we have you know we have too many things to do that wide receiver is probably not a priority. But I want look at one guy, Braxton Berrios. They were in on him last year. And they just got sticker shock when the Jets, you know, just popped up out of nowhere and gave him like five million dollars. And we were like, whoa, that's not what we were thinking, you know? He's out there. He might make some sense. He's also a return man. So he solves two issues. So he does I,
2: absolutely nothing for me.
1: Really? You don't like you're not a you're not a fan of Braxton Barrios?
2: One of the most overrated players of the last three or four years. <laughs> Okay, we'll count
1: you as not a fan. Do you have a guy? Do you have a guy that you think you would go? Remember, you know, you you know, you got you're on a budget here, Simon. So, do you have a guy?
2: Do I have a receiver that I would like to bring in to, to the Dolphins? Do you mean?
1: Yes, yes. But remember, uh, you're on a budget here.
2: Well, no, sure. I mean, look, the receiver. I mean, I've made it clear the receiver I'd like back is is obviously is obviously Trent Sherfield. I mean, just having a look at the list now of guys that, you know, I mean, I. Uh, there was a, there was an Odell Beckham workout the other day, and he was um, he's demanding twenty million a year. I mean, he's insane. <laughs> that is uh, that is hilarious. I mean, look, River Craycraft's a free agent. I'd bring River Craycraft back as well. Mm. Um, Dante Pettis is a guy that um, played all right with Chicago. He's a guy that was drafted under Mike McDaniel when he was with the Forty Nine ers. Didn't work out in San Francisco, but you know that I, I could see I could see him being potentially somebody that they they're interested in noah brown at dallas is another guy look if they're looking at speed Micah harman hardman of uh of the chiefs yeah you know there's a there's some serious some serious speed that you're adding to the um you're adding to the backfield in terms of uh, in terms of uh to the wide receiver group uh uh olomidis the atlanta receiver i think he's only 24 cam sims washington sims is a good player um, I think the market will be big on guys like Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're looking at bottom of the barrel guys, but then look, if you're going to sign a Zacchaeus or you're going to sign a Noah Brown or you're going to sign a, you know, somebody like that, love Noah Brown, love Noah Brown. Why are you just not giving the money to, to Trent Sherfield? Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to sign Noah Brown, but yeah, Justin, just give the Justin money Watson, to Trent Sherfield. Justin Watson's another guy that uh, the Chiefs have got, you know, again, you could, you could absolutely see some of these guys. Um, you know, but just just give the money to just give the money to Sherfield. Frankly, yeah. you know, would you rather have Dante Pettis or Richie James or you know Demir Bird or, you know, or yeah. Brown? Or... I'll
1: give you one last one, and we can move on. Um, this guy played for three million dollars last year, and he's an unrestricted free agent, and he's a fan favorite. Jarvis Landry does anything for you?
2: Um... Those drivers land you do anything. I mean, you just can't stay healthy. That's the problem. Um, yeah, his body's just broken because he's been was just so physical in his career. So pr- probably not. Again, All right. just rather patient, I feel.
1: Yeah. Now, one thing we did get right, and moving on here, we get we did get right that they're going to redo the entire tight end room because if you look right now, the cupboard is bare. They got Durham Smythe and they got Tanner Conner. Whatever Tanner Connor may or may not be. Okay. Okay. Because we just don't know. All we know is that that he was bad in that jet game, And I know everybody keeps talking about you keep bringing up that jet game. Well, that's the only that's the only reference we have. <laughs> all right, he dropped a big pass in that jet game. Okay, that pass might have been the difference in the game. All right, so that's all we know about Tanner Conner. So there's nobody at tight end right now, like you know, and presumably they want some of them, right? They want people at the position. Uh, I've made it known I like my I like three guys in particular: Foster Moreau, Josh Oliver, and Ross Dwelly. Uh, your thoughts on the three, and do you have somebody that you you would like to see them target here in the next few days? Because it's obvious that's a signing because they have nobody there.
2: Yeah, I think they'll bring in Dwelly because he's a McDaniel guy. He's a special teams guy. Oliver, I think, makes a lot of sense. He's a good player. Um, he fits. He sat behind. Um, he sat behind one of the best Titans in the league in, in Mark Andrews. I think he'd be a he'd be a good fit. Um, who else is there? I just did, Marat. Yeah, Moreau, I know you like him. Irv Smith is the other guy that I find interesting. I wonder what the market for Irv Smith will be like, having been somebody that played with with Tura Alabama in terms of you know his athletic ability. Obviously, he doesn't bring the same sort of physicality um to the to the party, but you know, I, I think he would be an interesting name at the position. Um I, I don't think it'll be a Dalton Schultz or a you know, Hayden Hurst or I, I just don't think that's the money that they can afford given the deal that they've just made. I I, mm-hmm. I think I think Irv Smith would be an interesting name to to add to the list. But again, he might just be somebody that gets valued out of it. Um at which point, you know, look, there's a guy like Max Williams that it, it's not a great I know Chris likes Eric Sober, the 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 guy at Denver. Um to me, I just think you're just kind of scraping around now at the bottom of the barrel like but I just don't see you know, I I just don't see the guys that are going to make a difference. And whilst what I think is that McDaniel is is trying to find a young guy who's got some ability in all areas as an inline blocker, as a move tight end, and as, an, and as a receiver, and who is young enough to groom, to me, that points then very much at Moreau, who's 25 and a half, or Josh Oliver, who's exactly the same age. Yeah. You know, they, these are two young guys, upside you know, in terms of their careers who might just be, you know, something quite Brock, Wright Is the other guy. Um, he's now, I'm not sure if he's an, if he's an, uh, I, I, he might be an, e, an ERFA actually. So exclusive rights for agent, but mm. I checked that But Brock, Wright Of, of, um, of Detroit is an interesting, is an interesting guy. Cause he took 555 snaps last year. Um, for the Lions, which is a a significant amount when you look at, you know, Moreau took 717, but you know, even like Irv Smith only took 253 snaps last year. You know, Robert Tonyan only took 400 550. Hayden Hurst only took 497. You know, Mike Kasicki only took 453 snaps last year. So the the guy, the guy is a blocking tight end. Um, he's only 24 years, he's just turned 24 years old. He had 18 catches, four touchdowns. Um, he is an exclusive rights free agent, which is annoying, but but yes, that's um. Those are the sort of guys that I think you know they're going to be looking at.
1: Yeah, and one position that I'm told, well, I was told that they're going to look heavily at is that linebacker. Um, you have a rundown on what's available and what you would want at the position because it seems like you know. Remember, Landon Roberts signed on the like within seconds of free agency last year for one year, three million dollars. I'm told that that's that's probably not happening this year. He's just coming off of a career year. It's, you know, it's natural to want to get a raise and some more guaranteed money. The might not be in that market of giving raises and guaranteed money for a Phil linebacker, especially when Vic Fangio is running that show. So Vic Fangio might have other ideas like, you know, they might, Chris Greer might have gone to him like, look, you know, I probably have this deal on the table with Rosenhaus for Alana Roberts and Vic Fangio might say, uh, you know what, I kind of like these guys better. You got a few guys to be watching for the next few days here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I I think the most important thing is you look at guys like, I I think you have to break it into kind of those veteran kind of Levante Davids, Bobby Wagners, Eric Kendricks, um, Denzel Perriman, those kind of guys, I think probably will end up, certainly the first three will end up sort of.
1: Yeah, and let let me, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but one thing I will say is this. Fans will love it because fans love big names. You know what's really cap friendly? Those those simple one year deals for, for stars, fading stars, you know, to fill for a Super Bowl run. So I think that that kind of makes sense for like a Bobby Wagner or a Levante David on a short deal, but that's yeah. going to be expensive. It's going to probably take up half of your cap space.
2: Then then you've got the younger guys. You've got the Tremaine Edmondses, who I, I've said on this podcast before, I don't like. Um, Devin Bush, who's just, you know, he's 24 and a half, you know, but he's just injured a lot. And, can and, you and, a,
1: on... and a head case, too.
2: And a head case too. Uh, and then I think you've got some guys that I, I think are really interesting. So Cleveland's Anthony Walker, for example, is 27 years old. Now, he only had 190 excuse me, one hundred ninety snaps last year, but he played very, very well last year until he tore his quad. He's been a very, very reliable linebacker in this league, a very good player in this league for a long time. Um, and, you know, that's somebody that you think, oh, okay, you know, how healthy is he? If he's healthy, if he's back to normal... I think that's interesting. Justin Hollins, another guy who was with the Rams, uh, so you know knows the Fangio style defense. Went to Green Bay, was was cut, ended up playing really well in Green Bay back end of last season. That that's an interesting name. Drew, Trank, Drew Tranquil, Try to say that after you had ten drinks. Drew mm. Tranquil, who obviously Ronaldo Hill, I knew uh, one of our new defensive coaches will know him very well. Played almost a thousand snaps last year on defense. Really good in coverage. He's going to be somebody that's not going to cost a fortune. Really interesting kind of player. You look at somebody like Bobby Okariki, probably out of the range financially, but Cody Barton of Seattle, 834 snaps last year. Special core, special teams guy. Interesting player. One guy I really like is Jermaine Pratt. Now he, he'll probably fall into that middle area of um you know he probably won't be uber expensive but he probably won't be cheap but he's just a really good player 26 years old 700 snaps last year really good in coverage really good against the run just a really solid player and also you're stealing a good player from a, a really good team in your conference you know the bengals a team we, we would meet in the playoffs so guys like that i think are, are really interesting they're the sort of guys that i would be looking at in terms of okay i'm looking for sort of younger upsidey kind of guys TJ Edwards might be, because he played with Fangio last year, but I think he's going to need to get paid. I'd look at a guy like Leighton Van Der Esch, who will end up being a sort of a June signing, a bit like Melvin Ingram last year, as a guy coming in on a one-year deal, uh, could play. But those those would be the guys that I would absolutely be looking at in terms of Kaiser White, Philadelphia. Again, 780 snaps last year. He's a guy that Fangio will know all about. So it's those kind of players that I'm looking at. I think Aziz Alshair, who we've talked about quite a bit, he probably will end up going to Houston because obviously he'll go back to work with um with, um with D'Amico Ryans. But those, I think, are the guys that that I'd be looking at. And there's a, there's a guy as well, his name completely escapes me, but he plays like his absolute hair's on fire. White guy, plays for the Browns, just a really solid player. Um he, he, and I'll find his name before the, I'll remember his name before the end of the, um, for the end of the pod, but he's uh he's another guy that you'd look at and think, yeah, you could probably come in and do Cole Holcomb. Uh, he's at Washington. uh mm. Was it the Browns? He's a guy that could come in and do a job as well. So I'd be looking at those. The, the absolute home run for me would be David Long of Tennessee, but I suspect yeah. he's going to get paid. Um I think he's the best linebacker in this free agent class. Same uh, thing
1: for Alex Anzalone for me, who I really, really like. I think he's going to get paid for De- by Detroit.
2: I mean, if the Dolphins signed David Long, I'd be absolutely over the moon because I think he's a brilliant player. He does pick up injuries, but he's really, really good.
1: All right, and that's going to have to do it. Uh, We'll talk to you again as news breaks and as players get added to the roster. Uh, But I guess we'll talk to you later on this week, and there might be a few new Dolphins besides Jalen Ramsey. Hopefully another surprise, maybe. But until then.
0: Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean or your usual podcast provider.